you still have your little seed in your hand? If you do, that's quite an accomplishment. I put it in my pocket. I can't even find it. It's so tiny. <laughs> in the middle of our passage, we are in a series on Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and we're in chapter 4. And it's a fairly long passage this morning. And right in the middle, Jesus says this. He says, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. Now, the word secret can also be translated as mystery. And that means the kingdom of God really can't be explained or talked about directly. It's a mystery. So I like the way Emily Dickinson puts it. She says, telling the truth slant. That's the way the kingdom of God comes to us. Not directly. The hard part about that is that it makes it hard to be sure when it's so invisible at times. Hard to be sure that the kingdom of God is there at all and working at all. There is a cry, a question that comes up out of the first chapter of the prophet Habakkuk. And these are the verses that are so poignant. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. There's this sense that the kingdom of God isn't at work. And this is coming out of the mouths of the people of God. But then you turn the page on Habakkuk, and in chapter 2, you hear this response. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The Gospel of Mark was written at a time when the first century Christians were sensing that the vision had come to the end. It had been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, right? That was the good news. God had finally completed this promise. It had been fulfilled in Jesus' coming, in his death and defeat of evil, and in his resurrection from the dead. And yet still, there was violence. And the whole message, this is good news. Jesus Christ has come, risen from the dead, was being rejected. They were being persecuted. It's like the world was going on as it always had gone on. And that evil was still in control. So you have this gospel as a response. You have Jesus in our chapter today with these parables of the seeds. And they are meant to be a reassurance to us. And I invite you to listen differently than you've listened before to the parable of the sower. I think in the past we've listened to it as prescriptive. This is the kind of soil you need to be out of the four soils. And I want you to listen to it today as descriptive. These are the soils. And in the midst of the hostile response to the good news of Jesus Christ, Jesus himself 
Has his family saying, you're out of your mind, right? We talked about that last week. Has the religious leader saying, you're full of Satan. You are demon-possessed. And they wanted to kill him. There's hostile response to Jesus. In the midst of all this, hardened soil and response, hold this seed, because where I hope we go throughout this message, and where I hope, or I think, this message is trying to take us in Mark 4, is that God's kingdom seed is working and will have its way. Though it's hidden and subversive and the odds seem stacked against it. Listen to God's word, Mark 4, verses 1 through 33, as you hold your seed. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there, while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And he said, let anyone with ears to hear, listen. When he was alone, those who were around him along with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret, the mystery of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables in order that, and I was quoting Isaiah 9, they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. And then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil, they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. He said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed and not on the lampstand? But there's nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For to those who have, more will be given, and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep 
and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. Telling the truth slant. As we listen, which is what we were encouraged to do, with an exclamation mark several times, with those who have ears to hear, listen, I want to invite us to listen from the perspective of the tenant farmer, which most likely was predominant in the crowd of people listening to Jesus. And in that day, when they were farming, instead of plowing open the ground and then putting the seeds in and closing it back up, they actually would scatter all the seed first and then plow. So there was this abundance of seed thrown everywhere, and then the ground was plowed up and the seed was plowed in. So there was this sense of abundant seed sowing all over the place. And they would have known all the soils that Jesus is describing. They would have known the hardened soil the footpath that had been beaten down, and so the seed would have landed just sitting there on the top, so it would be very easy for a bird just to swoop by and pick it up and eat it. And that's not the end of the seed, is it? The seed does go through the bird, and why won't go down that road? So they would have known that hardened soil. They would have known the rocky soil, because that was the way Palestine was. It was rocky kind of desert soil. So they would have known about how the seed could barely take root and then it would be scorched in the blistering sun and it wouldn't last very long. And they'd certainly know about the seed that was sown among the thorns. Everything was plowed up, plowed under, and so you'd have the thorns coming up too, choking it out. And they also knew about the good soil that would produce abundantly a good harvest. They also know that they don't control the growing of the seed. In that day for them, a seed going into the ground and coming up this amazing plant was a miracle every time. They always thought of it as a miracle. The other thing that's important for us to realize is that they were peasants. These are not the landowners. So when they harvest, what happens to their harvest? A percentage of it, a portion of it, goes to the landowner. And then they have to manage to live on what is left. Another thing that was interesting to me as I was reading about this parable is that when Jesus said that the productive soil would produce 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold, that was way extreme. If the farmers had a really good year, really good weather, everything went great, they could expect maybe a 10-fold harvest, maybe a 12 at the uppermost. So when Jesus said 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, they either thought he knows nothing about farming or this is an amazing promise. And if they had that kind of harvest, that kind of abundance, 
they would have so much left over that perhaps they could buy their own land. They would no longer need to be in servitude to the landowners. How in the world would that happen? What are the odds of that happening? When will that happen? Jesus gives no explanation for what he just described. What he does, though, is tell two more parables. The parable of the growing seed that's growing. Nobody's causing it to grow. They're just going to sleep and getting up every day. It's the miracle. It's growing. And then there's the story of the mustard seed. Tiny, tiny, hidden seed. In other words, God's kingdom seed is working. It will have its way. Though hidden and subversive underground and the odds seem stacked against it. God's kingdom seed is working right now. Though hidden, subversive, and the odds are stacked against it. It will have its way. Martin Luther King Jr. is being quoted a lot this weekend for good reason, as we have this holiday weekend, and I loved the confession that you led us um, in and the quote. Uh, but one of the quotes that has been used often out of Martin Luther King Jr.'s mouth is this one. I'll see if you've heard it. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How many of you have heard that quote? Attributed to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. There's a book written by Michael Ware called Reclaiming Hope, and he claims that that quote is usually taken out of context. He says it's very clear that apart from Jesus Christ, the idea of a moral arc of the universe was inconceivable to King. It only made sense within the context of a declarative faith statement. And then he gives the actual quote. Evil, Dr. King said, evil may so shape events that Caesar will occupy a palace and Christ a cross, Dr. King wrote. But that same Christ will rise up and split history into A.D. and B.C. so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by his name, Jesus' name. Yes, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And note that King has those words in quotes because he was actually citing a 19th century clergyman, Theodore Parker, who first coined the phrase. Because of our accountability to the word of God, the kingdom seed that is at work, and we are all accountable to this great work, God's kingdom seed, there's a confidence in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that this seed will have its way. As we heard earlier in the opening to our worship service out of Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways. That's why it comes at a slant. But it will accomplish. The word of God will accomplish what it set out to accomplish and is accomplishing it right now. Though hidden like the seed, underground as it grows, unseen, and all the odds seem stacked against it. 
Some of you know that I had the chance to travel to Vietnam in March on a vacation. It's kind of an epic trip that I found out about through some friends uh, whose family member is leading it. And it wasn't really something I was planning on doing, but now it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm going. So to go, we're encouraged to read certain books and watch this documentary series by Ken Burns. And uh, this is 10 episodes. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it's the history of Vietnam, and it also talks about the Vietnam War. I'm six into it. So I have four more to go, and it is like torture watching this thing. It's like actually going to Vietnam and being in the war. Um, and in 1968 was the last episode where Martin Luther King was assassinated and then Robert Kennedy was assassinated and these truth tellers were being put to death about the horrors of what was going on and the deception that was going on around it. And there was just this sense of, oh my gosh, the world is just in the grip of evil. How can these things be going on? And then I have a copy of the speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave at Riverside Church in 1968. Yeah, I think the year before that. And it was about the Vietnam War. So I was just reading it the other day, partly because we're coming out to this weekend and partly because I'm going on this trip. And reading the wisdom he had, the insight he had, and now that I've watched a lot of these series, he knew a lot about what was going on over there. And after reading that, it was like, this is really depressing. How far have we come since his encouragement to do something? We have a moment to do something, which we did not do. And then he was put to death. Things going on as usual. Evil at work in the world. It is so hard to see. It is so hard to believe. This descriptive and reassuring word. But God's kingdom seed is working. It will have its way. Though it is hidden and subversive, and the odds are stacked against it. That's the reassurance in this chapter. It's the reassurance in the Gospel of Mark. Not long ago in the Christmas season, we hear Mary's song, the Magnificat, where the powerful and the rich will be brought down, the lofty, and the lowly will be lifted up. And here we are. Here we are. When we despair, for the world, for our nation, for the church, for unborn children, for women, for the vulnerable, it is so tempting to bank on the prevailing ideology, on the prevailing powers that be, and to forget about this seed. More powerful. Time was divided. B.C. A.D. More powerful than all the powers and principalities at work in the world and in the universe. I had a conversation with an elder a while back, and we were talking about prayer and questions about prayer. And this particular elder was saying, why pray? What difference does it make? You just see these things go on and on. And my response at the time, and I think even Jesus's would be, it's a mystery, prayer. The secret of the kingdom is hidden. But the kingdom is very much at work and will have its way. 
the miracle is going on all around us, the abundance. And we get to choose. Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you see. That it's not according to the prevailing ideologies, but according to the mystery of God at work in Jesus Christ. Which will never come at us directly. Always slant. Always slant. What I want to invite us to do is I want us to pray. And I want you to hold this seed. And I want you to think about what most causes you to despair. Where you don't see things changing. And the world feels like it's in the grip of evil. And I want you, as we are looking at this seed, mindful of the powerful seed of God's word in Jesus Christ, who has defeated all evil and is describing for us the hardened soils, but also the promise of the productive soil, that all of the universe, all time, all reality bends toward justice and God's work in the world. So with that in mind, and just in the silence, I've asked Christine to play and have her come on up. Just spend a minute or so with this seed in front of you and pray with this promise that God's kingdom seed's working. will have its way. God's ways are not our ways. Our ways are not God's ways. Hidden, subversive. All the odds stacked against it, but it will accomplish what God has purposed. So let's pray in silence. Lift up your request to God. Oh God, fill us with your spirit and fill us with your reassurance. Fill us with your hope, with your faith, with confidence in your victory. And especially, oh God, that we can align ourselves with you, abide in you, and bear fruit for your kingdom. We praise you that you are Lord of all, though hidden, though hidden and underground often. You are Lord of all, and we praise you. Let's stand and sing God's praise. <laughs> 